And welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Spotify and some of the other platforms that we broadcast on here at Sunshine USA. And this is me, Warren Landis, your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And it's such a great joy to have you on the program today. Um, We're in the book of Acts right now. And in fact, we're getting ready to begin with Acts chapter 16 and verse 1. So if you want to, you could go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16 and verse 1, and I'll begin commentary there in just a few moments. Uh, what I do want to do is go ahead and give you the contact information for this ministry. Uh, we'll do that now so that we don't have to take time to do it later. Um, if you want to ask me a Bible study question or if you have a prayer request, a praise report, uh, the best way to let me know is by email, and I have two email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com, and the other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. And that would be great. Uh, if you want to contact me by snail mail, uh, you could do that too. My snail mail address is warrenlandis, uh, 80 Thrusted Street. That's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. <laughs> That's Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605, and the apartment number is 8510. I, I won't uh, get what you send me unless you include the apartment number, so... That snail mail address one more time. It's Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. And, you know, um, one of the great ministries we have here at Sunshine USA is the ministry of prayer. And you can feel free to... Share your prayer request with me, and if you give me permission, and I'll be glad to share the prayer request with our radio audience. And it will be a great blessing to you to know that there are literally Christians around the world praying for your particular prayer request. And so that's a pretty exciting thing right there. Amen? Amen. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that would be a great thing. And then if you have a praise report, you know, maybe uh, the Lord has recently healed you of something or or maybe the Lord has met uh, a need that you trusted him for. And when you share it, you're able to bless others and you let other people know that, hey, you know what God's done for you, he can do for them. It is such a blessing. That's why I used to love the old fashioned uh, prayer meetings and uh, worship services we used to have. Uh, people standing up and giving their testimony was a common feature in every service. And it was such a blessing. Uh, a lot of times you'll be amazed how much spiritual strength you gain from that. Uh, but we don't find in worship services today so much uh, people giving their testimony. And if you're a pastor of a church or if you're a worship leader, I would encourage you 
to give the people an opportunity to share their testimony and how the Lord has helped them in a particular area of their life and let people share with you how God is dealing with them in their day-to-day -day lives, and I'm sure this would be a blessing to other people as well. Uh, but the prayer ministry is so important because I believe that we serve a God that's all-powerful, and with God there is nothing that is impossible. You might be facing a situation that you think is just totally, totally, completely impossible, but not with God. God can do it all. He can heal. He can meet your needs. He can comfort. He can guide you. He can be with you every step of the way. And that is so important to know. Well, today we're going to have a word of prayer. And after I pray, we'll get into today's scripture. Dear Lord, I just want to pray right now that you'll be with me as I teach your word. Lord, you know that it is my desire to be accurate in the way that I teach your word and to share with people also how they could take your word and put it to, put it to use in their everyday life. God, I pray for each person listening to this podcast right now. Lord, you know the need. You know that there are some with very pressing financial needs. We have some that are in need of healing. We have some who have marriages in need of healing. Lord, we know that with you, all things are possible. And so we take these needs, Lord, and we present them to you. And Lord, we also want to thank you for the opportunity that technology brings us so that I can literally have a Bible class with students all over the planet. I thank God for that opportunity. For the fact that we as Christians, no matter what country of the world we might live in, we can worship you. We can study your word. Lord, we can be inspired to live our fullest lives for you. And Lord, right now we thank you and we praise you for what we know you want to do through this broadcast today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay. <laughs> now let's uh, get into the word. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Starting with verse number 1. It says, Then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was their name Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish, Jewess rather, and believed, but his father was a Greek. So here we find Paul coming across Timothy for the first time. And we might also point out that the second missionary journey is now officially underway. And uh, I think we pointed out on uh, the last broadcast that uh, uh, there was a disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. 
Barnabas had a desire to take his nephew uh, Mark with him on the second missionary journey, and Paul would have nothing of it. He said, look, you know, Mark deserted us on the first missionary journey, and by golly, we're not going to give him a chance on the second missionary journey. But Mark was very adamant. I mean, uh, uh, Barnabas was very adamant. He wanted Barnabas to go on that trip. And when he realized that Paul had said no, and that was going to be the final answer, then Barnabas decides to take Mark, and they go on their own missionary journey. And at that point, uh, Paul teams up with Silas, and the second missionary journey gets underway. Now, of course, this isn't totally bad because now you've got two missionary journeys going on instead of just one. So that's not a bad result. And also, because of the opportunity that Barnabas is giving Mark, Mark is going to begin growing in the faith. And several years down the road, Paul is going to find that Mark is a changed man, that Mark is a man who has become valuable to him, and Mark becomes one of the people specifically requested by Paul toward the end of his ministry, when everybody else had deserted him. Uh, so we find that uh, Mark matured a lot by going with Barnabas, and of course, by nature, Barnabas was an encourager. Barnabas was an encourager. He knew that his nephew or relative uh, Mark was very uh, flawed in some ways, which is why he left on that first missionary journey. But he also saw the potential that Mark had. He, he realized that Mark had incredible, unbelievable potential. And he nourished Paul, I mean Mark, along to the point where eventually even Paul would have to agree. You know, hey, you know, Mark's really changed for the better. He's matured. And so we need more Christians today like Barnabas who are willing to serve in the role of mentor and encourager. Encouragement is such a great ministry. Uh, I would never want to be guilty of discouraging someone from going into the ministry. If someone indicates to me that God's called them into the ministry, uh, I want to give them all the encouragement that I know how to give them. I think that that is so very important. Okay, let's read on. Which was well reported by the brethren that he that were at last in Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities and delivered them, uh, the cities for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and the elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. So we see that Paul was not only establishing churches, but these churches were growing and expanding. 
Uh, I think it's God's will for every church to grow. However, you know, I will say this. <laughs> there is a limit maybe to how much some churches can grow. Uh, I remember um, I was considered one time as a pastoral, pastoral candidate for a small church in the lower part of South Carolina. And they asked me, uh, they sent me a questionnaire and they asked me, where did I see the church being 10 years from now? And I said, well, you know, 10 years from now, I, I believe that uh, uh, 10,000 members is possible. <laughs> well, that was a very unrealistic answer because I think at, the, at that time, this particular town only had about 2,000 members or 2,000 residents. And um, so I was indicating that this church would end up with more members than there were people in the town. And of course, it was also unlikely that everybody in town would join this particular church. Because even though this was a small town, this was not the only church in town. There was at least three or four churches in town. So my numbers were very unrealistic, and it showed how much I did not know about that area. Uh, I think some churches, I think of another church that where I did serve as interim pastor in Louisiana. Uh, that church was literally out in a sugarcane field, right slap dab in the middle of nowhere. And most of the members lived um, in a small community immediately surrounding the church building. And then you would have 20 or 30 miles where nobody lived at all. Now you see a church like that will never be a super church and it will never grow much larger than it is now. You know, so not every church is going to grow like wildfire. It's just not going to happen. But I think on average, in general, it is God's will for the church to grow. And I think it's God's will for you to grow as a Christian. I think it's safe to say that is the will of God for you, that you may grow as a Christian. Amen. Okay, so we find that Timothy uh, was circumcised. And, and I might add here, it was not totally necessary for Paul to uh, circumcise Timothy. They had already decided at the Jerusalem Council that, uh, that those who were converted among the Greeks or the Gentiles, they would not have to be circumcised. But on the other hand, his mother and grandmother, they were Jews, and among the Jews, circumcision would have been required. And so, Paul has Timothy circumcised. He didn't have to, but he chose to do so because he didn't want to uh, make a barrier between Timothy and the Jewish population. Uh, I think it's safe to say here that Paul went out of his way not to create a barrier or a controversy. Uh, I think sometimes we have churches today 
that do things that are very controversial, that are very different, and you've got a pastor that knows what's being done is going to rub some people the wrong way. And as a result, you have conflict, you have chaos, and that's never the will of God, in my opinion. I think Paul was right to go as far as he could to avoid controversy. Uh, you know, Paul also said, you know, he would not eat meat if it would offend his brother. Now, Paul made it very clear from his teachings, he saw nothing at all wrong with eating meat. But he also knew that many Christians felt that eating meat was wrong. And so Paul says, I would not eat meat if it offended my brother or caused my brother to stumble. That's what Paul said. You know, uh, Paul was living up to his reputation as being one that did not want to create conflict where conflict didn't need to be. Now, by the way, I personally agree with Paul. I see nothing wrong with eating meat. Uh, I love meat. Uh, but I also have to admit that there's been times in my life where I probably ate too much meat. Uh, one of the couples that I go to church with, uh, the wife there is a vegetarian, and uh, <laughs> I, I found that very interesting uh, because I'd never known a vegetarian before, and uh, I've eaten over their home now a few times, and I've been introduced to the vegetarian diet, and you know it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, there's a lot of good things that can be said about a vegetarian diet, you know. Um, and I realized that there was a time in my life where fast food was too major a part of my uh, daily diet. Hamburgers, French fries, hot dogs. Um, I'm one of these people, I loved it back when McDonald's had deep fried apple pies. You don't find those in McDonald's anymore. They're baked instead of deep fried. Now, deep fried may not be as healthy for you as baking a mess, but man, I tell you, a fried apple pie, man, it is a taste sensation. <laughs> and, and like I say, I still love a good cheeseburger. Put some cheese and bacon on it, maybe some chili, and man, that is so good. But I can also see the value of fruits and vegetables. And I've had, since I met this vegetarian couple at our church, I have come to realize vegetables are a good thing. And they actually taste amazingly well. So you might want to give vegetables more of a place in your diet, just like I've done for me. Uh, I mean, I could see myself becoming a vegetarian going forward into the future. You know, I, I think in many ways I'd be healthier. Or at least making meat just an occasional part of my diet, not a regular daily part of my diet. Amen. Especially when you talk about frying meat. One of the things I've done in, in my own kitchen is I have purchased an air fryer 
And this air fryer is so neat, so wonderful. Because you could fix foods that would normally be fried and you can fix them with little or no oil and that makes what you're cooking a whole lot healthier than if they're fried. And so if you don't have an air fryer in your home, maybe you should get one. <laughs> I'm glad I have one in my home. But anyway, I, I, I shouldn't be <laughs> chasing that rabbit too far. Let's get back to the scripture. So Paul has Timothy circumcised so that his lack of circumcision would not be an issue among the Jewish people. And then um, we come to verse 6. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word of God in Asia. Now, you know, it might be that Paul had something of a desire to go into Asia with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If I were interviewing Paul, now some of you know I've interviewed Paul on this program before, amen. <laughs> and if I were interviewing Paul on the program today and I asked him if I said, Paul, uh, did you really have a great desire to go to Asia? And he'd probably say, yeah, man, my heart was set on it. And, and no doubt in his mind he had already made great plans for an Asia campaign, maybe a, a missionary tour into Asia. But it says here that God said no. It says... Uh, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word of God in Asia. Now, here it's important for us as Christians to obey the leading of God's Holy Spirit. If God tells you not to go somewhere, then don't go there. If God tells you not to go somewhere, don't go there. On the other hand, if God tells you to go somewhere, you go there. I mean, that, that's pretty easy to understand. And yet, a lot of times, I think we have a habit of making out our schedule. We set our itinerary, and unfortunately, we haven't included God in the process. And then we get mad at God because things don't work out the way we thought they should have worked out. And then God turns around and he says, well, I never told you to go there in the first place. Amen. Uh, I, I can tell you some times in my life when I did things that were contrary to what God wanted me to do. And boy, let me tell you, I paid a price for it. I mean, you won't believe what kind of a price I paid for it. I did. I paid a big old price for it. Amen. If you want to avoid hardship and difficulty and trials and tribulations, just get into the habit of doing things the way God tells you to do it. And if God says, no, you don't go there, you don't go there. Amen. Now, what happens next is something that even has an effect on us as Christians today here in the West. We find, and after they came to 
Mosia, they essayed to go into Bethnia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Bearing in mind, the Spirit told them not to go into Asia. And they, passing by, Mosia came down to Troas. And a vision appeared unto Paul in the night, and there stood a man of Macedonia, and prayed him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us forth to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, losing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothria, and the next day to Neapolis. That's in verse 11. Now, what we find here is the Macedonian crime. This is where Paul is encouraged by God in a vision of the need to go west. Now, for Paul to go west was very important. That meant for the rest of his life, Paul would be headed west across much of what we know today as Europe. And uh, many Bible scholars believe, and I do too, that Paul actually went as far west as Spain. Now, if that was the case, he probably went to Spain at some point during the final two years of his life. Now, bearing in mind, there's some things that we don't really know enough of about Paul. For example, we don't know for sure whether there was just one Roman imprisonment or two Roman imprisonments. We don't know for sure what Paul did when he went into Arabia for three years. Now, by the way, when you study the book of Acts here, you would never know from the reading of the book of Acts that Paul ever went to Asia. But we're told in the book of Galatians that Paul went to Arabia for three years. So the question is, what did Paul do in Asia? Well, we don't know because really the Word of God doesn't frankly tell us what Paul did uh, in Asia. Some people believe that Paul went to, uh, uh, not Asia, but uh, some people believe that Paul went to uh, Arabia to evangelize Arabia, but I don't think so. Because uh, based on what we see in Arabia today, there's no evidence that that part of the world has ever really known the things of God. And you don't find, I don't think, a lot of churches in that area today. Now, I'm sure that because of missionary work, you find some churches there today, but not many, relatively speaking. And so I would say that if Paul went to um, um, Arabia to evangelize Arabia, I, I would have to say he was probably not very successful. I think Paul went to Arabia to get close to Christ and to get away from the influence of the rest of the apostles. Now, bearing in mind, since 
Paul established the fact that he was an apostle, it would have made sense in one sense of the word for him to spend as much time with the apostles as he could so that he could learn everything that an apostle needed to do and things of that nature. But God had better plans for Paul. He wanted Paul to go to Arabia for three years so that God could spend three years teaching him the deeper things of Christ. And and you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Most of you young ministers know that if you go to seminary, you're probably going to be there for three years, which is about the length of time that Paul was in Arabia. He was in Arabia for three years. I've always said that a call to preach is a call to prepare. And so if you're a young man and God has called you into the ministry, I believe very importantly that you must get all the education you can. Now, I think you have to be prudent. Don't sign up for more college courses than you can pay for. You know, uh, you're probably, your education will probably be limited to some degree by the finances that you have. But I would always encourage you to get all of the education that you can afford. I think that's very important. Getting all of the education that you can afford. I think that's very important. But don't go head over heels in debt. Uh, I think what happens is we have some ministerial students today that have fallen into what I call the student loan trap. They end up so deeply in debt, the student loans, that when they graduate, they can't afford to go into the ministry. They have to go into a secular occupation. And so don't do that to your ministry by overextending yourself financially. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of borrowing money. Because bearing in mind, when you borrow money, you not only have to pay back everything you borrow, but you have to pay back more than you borrow. That's called interest. And to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I think God guides where God provides. You get all the education that you can pay for, but no more than what you can pay for. And that way, when you graduate, you're debt-free. And you're also free to do whatever the Lord has told you to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So there you have it. Okay, let's read on. Next we come to Paul and Silas at Philippi. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony, and us were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath day we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. Then we come to verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of that city, of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things that were spoken of by Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, 
She besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. That's in verse 15. So Lydia becomes Paul's first convert in Europe. And so as a result of following the leadership of God's Holy Spirit, we find that he's starting to have converts, he's reaching people for the Lord, and that will always be the result when you're following the will of the Lord. People are going to get saved, saved people are going to be blessed, and they're going to grow in their knowledge of the Word of God. And and notice that this woman was apparently a very successful businesswoman. A very successful businesswoman. And I would not be at all surprised if she actually uh, had a lot of money to give to the ministry of Paul. And that's money he would have missed out on had he gone to Asia instead of going west. So if you want the provision of God... You've got to be willing to go into the direction that God has for you to go. Now, we're going to end our Bible study there today. Uh, generally speaking, I try not to dish out too much at one time. I try to dish out enough for us to think about until the next broadcast and think about how we can put to use in our everyday lives that which we have heard today. And so one of the important lessons for today is that you need to let God call the shots. Let God tell you where to go, what to do, when to do it. And as a result, your ministry will thrive and it will be blessed and it will be successful. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I, I, I have to tell you, I look forward to this time every day. It strengthens me a lot to do this, and I hope it strengthens you as well. And if you're getting a blessing out of these broadcasts, boy, I tell you, I'd sure love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a testimony of praise about how God has used this ministry to help you grow in your Christian walk. I would love to hear about that. Uh, because that's what this ministry is all about. And, you know, this is not a, a money-making ministry. Uh, like I say, I'm the only one on staff, and I serve without pay. I do what I do for only two reasons. Number one, I love God. And not only do I love God, but I also love you very, very much. I care about you. And that's why I try to take time on the Internet every day to teach the word and proclaim the gospel. Well, that's going to bring our broadcast for today to an end. But I hope that you will uh, I hope that you will uh, be sure to tune in again next time. And not only will you tune in again hopefully next time, but you will also be wanting to um, Tell other people about this broadcast because actually if you enjoy listening 
to this broadcast, I'm sure that you know other people, maybe at your church or in your neighborhood, that would also love to listen to this broadcast. In fact, you might want to <laughs> go so far as to invite them over to your home, and y'all can listen to the broadcast together, and then you can have a discussion about that particular lesson when the program is over. That would be a great thing to do. And to top everything off, you can have a time of refreshments and fellowship. Amen. And if you choose to do that, then we have some ideas that will help you and bless you and uh, all of this stuff we make available to you for free. Uh, so until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you. Don't fret none because you know what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine USA.